Section 203 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 271. Blackheath, October 4, 1764. My dear friend, I have now your last letter of the 16th past, lying before me, and I gave your enclosed to Grevenkop, which has put him into a violent bustle to execute your commissions, as well and as cheap as possible. I refer him to his own letter. He tells you true as to Comtesse Cossel's diamonds, which certainly nobody will buy here, unsight unseen, as they call it, so many minutiae concerning to increase or lessen the value of a diamond. Your Cheshire cheese, your Burton ale and beer, I charge myself with, and they shall be sent you as soon as possible. Upon this occasion I will give you a piece of advice, which by experience I know to be useful. In all commissions, whether from men or women, point de la galanterie, bring them in your account, and be paid to the uttermost farthing. But if you would show them une galanterie, let your present be of something that is not in your commission. Otherwise you will be the commissionnaire banal of all the women of Saxony. A propos, who is your Comtesse de Cossel? Is she daughter or granddaughter of the famous Madame de Cossel in King Augustus's time? Is she young or old, ugly or handsome? I do not wonder that people are wonderfully surprised at our tameness and forbearance with regard to France and Spain. Spain, indeed, has lately agreed to our cutting logwood, according to the treaty, and sent strict orders to their governor to allow it. But you will observe, too, that there is not one word of reparation for the losses we lately sustained there. But France is not even so tractable. It will pay but half the money due, upon a liquidated account, for the maintenance of their prisoners." Our request, to have the Comte d'Estaing recalled and censured, they have absolutely rejected, though by the laws of war he might be hanged for having twice broke his parole. This does not do France honour. However, I think we shall be quiet, and that at the only time, perhaps this century, when we might with safety be otherwise. But this is nothing new, nor the first time, by many, when national honour and interest have been sacrificed to private. It has always been so, and so one may say, upon this occasion, what Horace says upon another, Nam fuit ant Helenum. I have seen les Comtes de Guillaume Vade, and like most of them so little, that I can hardly think them Voltaire's, but rather the scraps that have fallen from his table, and been worked up by inferior workmen, under his name. I have not seen the other book you mention, the Dictionnaire Potatif. It is not yet come over." I shall next week go to take my winter quarters in London, the weather here being very cold and damp, and not proper for an old, sheltered, and cold carcass like mine. In November I will go to the bath, to careen myself for the winter, and to shift the scene. Good night. Letter 272. London, October 19th, 1764. My dear friend, Yesterday morning Mr. came to me from Lord Halifax, to ask me whether I thought you would approve of vacating your seat in Parliament, during the remainder of it, upon a valuable consideration, meaning money. My answer was that I really did not know your disposition upon that subject, but that I knew you would be very willing in general to accommodate them, so far as lay in your power, that your election to my knowledge had cost you two thousand pounds, that this Parliament had not sat above half its time, and that for my part I approved of the measure well enough, provided you had an equitable equivalent. I take it for granted that you will have a letter from, by this post, to that effect, so that you may consider what you will do. What I advise is this. 
Give them a good deal of galbanum in the first part of your letter. Le galbanum ne coûte rien, and then say that you are willing to do as they please, but that you hope an equitable consideration will be had to the two thousand pounds, which your seat cost you in the present Parliament, of which not above half the term is expired. Moreover, that you take the liberty to remind them that your being sent from Ratisbonne last session, when you were just settled there, put you to the expense of three or four hundred pounds, for which you were allowed nothing, and that, therefore, you hope they will not think one thousand pounds too much, considering all these circumstances, but that in all events you will do whatever they desire. Upon the whole, I think this proposal will be advantageous to you, as you probably will not make use of your seat this Parliament, and further, as it will secure you from another unpaid journey from Dresden, in case they meet, or fear to meet, with difficulties in any ensuing session of the present Parliament. Whatever one must do, one should do de bon grâce. Dixie, God bless you. End of section 203. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.